0: Welcome, everybody, to another great installment of Calvary Christian Center. We pray that today's message encourages you and inspires you like never before. So sit back, grab your notes, your notepad, and enjoy this message live from Calvary Christian Center. Come on now. I don't know if you were listening closely to what that lady prophesied, but she said there's gonna be an angelic host released over Volusia County. I need to tell you that Pastor Kilpatrick had this encounter with the Lord in December of 2019, and I've never in my lifetime had, had a season like this. I've never seen America in this situation but I believe that there are some intercessors that are about to rise in Ormond Beach, in particular, Calvary Christian Center, on every campus, and I need to tell you, the angels are coming. If you believe that, give God a praise in here right now. Heaven is gonna get behind us. Our revenge will be revival. This this is a fight, but it's a fixed fight, hallelujah. I'm gonna come to you from Luke chapter 10. The Lord spoke to me uh, a couple weeks ago about entering into a season of healing. And I believe God is calling us to do this. And on Wednesday night, we're going to gather here in mass, open up the balcony, the whole building. We'll air it live. But we are going to raise the intercessors in this house. And we're gonna push back and let the devil know he doesn't get away with anything. The people of God are gonna pray. So. That's our agenda. Luke 10, verse 30. Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him, watch this, half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring in the oil and the wine. And he sat him down on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him and whatever you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise i want you to note the 35th verse he said take care of him and whatever you spend when i come again i will repay you i want to preach for just a few minutes along these lines this is payback come on now i said this is payback you may think that we are stuck in a season but we are going to have a breakthrough and hell is going to get paid back for every day that we were in isolation every day that we've had to struggle there's going to be payback if you're ready to see hell paid back make a little noise in the house man i feel the anointing of the holy ghost today Father, we slip up our hands and tell you to have your way. Thank you that our revenge is going to be revival in Jesus' name. One, two, three. Give the Lord a shout if you love him. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Hear me plainly. I want to be a part of a church that is taking care of the hurting and the broken. I want to be a part of a church that is healing the land. I want you to know that Jesus is coming back. I believe in the rapture. Anybody here online believe in the rapture of the church? I believe Jesus is coming back, and when he comes back, he's not going to be impressed with how cool our facilities are. He's not going to be excited about how professionally we have conducted ourselves. He's not going to be excited about our stages, our, our glass windows, or our polished pews. He's not going to be excited about our clever programs. He's not even going to be impressed with the size of our social media presence. He's going to be concerned about one thing. Did you love the ones that I died for? Did, did you did you reach out with healing? did you reach out with hope did you restore broken people did you do what I called you to do in a land that needed my help see I believe God's Word is true I believe revival is real and I believe y'all as much as we have people in the room we have many more that are watching us online and I believe that the church is not a building I believe that the church is not brick and mortar. I believe the church is people. And we've got people here, and we've got people in Panama City, and we've got people in Ormond Beach, and we've got people in Palm Coast, and we've got people in Orlando, and we've got people now. We're getting ready to launch racing in Wisconsin, and we've got churches coming online everywhere. And I'm trying to tell you that the, the church is not a building. The church is God's people. How many of you are glad, wherever you're watching, if you're a part of that church, giving praise right now God's Word is true y'all revival is real and nothing has changed we are gonna step into revival I want you to hear me today every sanctuary has got to be an emergency room when we get through this season every sanctuary has got to be a place of healing I think one of the most remarkable stories that Jesus ever told was the story that I read of the Good Samaritan. Now I want you to pay attention because this came from the very heart and lips of our Savior. And from this we learn that Jesus expects us to respond to hurting and wounded people. I've traveled this in this area quite often and there is still a road that exists between Jerusalem and Jericho. And the road, the Jericho Road, offers a spectacular descent from Jerusalem down into Jericho. Jerusalem is perched way up high in the highlands of Judea. While 18 miles away, Jericho stands guard, lonely guard over the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is 1,300 feet below sea level. It's amazing because you can have snow in Jerusalem and it'll be 80 degrees in Jericho, 80 miles away at the Dead Sea. And the Jericho road in those days, was a winding and treacherous, desolate set of road, 18 miles long. And Jesus describes a parable, a parable, on what must have been a, a brutal and deadly situation. It was a road loaded with danger, fraught with desperation as unrighteous men cheapen life because they were willing to murder for money. Thieves would lie in those days in one of the countless hiding places along the road. And it seems that they came upon this man and they beat him and they abused him and they left him for dead. Everything this man has is taken from him. And he lies in a crumpled heap in his own blood. And two of the religious upper echelon, in the form of a priest and a Levite, they pass by him on either side. They're undaunted and undeterred by this heap of dying flesh. It's a priest and a Levite. It's kind of like the pastor and the assistant pastor. Come on, kind of like me and Pastor Josh. Come on, somebody. The professional religious pass right by him. Finally, there comes along a Samaritan. This Samaritan is about 50 miles from home. He's from the hills of Samaria, but he comes by and he sees this despised man and he reaches out to help him. Only Jesus would tell a story to Jews where the Samaritan is the hero. Because if you know anything about Samaritans, they were a despised race. They were a mixed race. And they were despised by the pure-blooded Jews because they had intermarried with adulterers, in particular the Assyrians. So the Jews despised and hated the Samaritans. They felt like they were better than the Samaritans. At the time of Solomon, when the kingdom split and there became the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, you had Judah over here and Samaria over here. You had Jerusalem here. And even in Samaria, they built their own temple. So the Jews saw them as racially, uh, racially less than them. They saw them as spiritually less than, than them. And Jesus tells a story to a bunch of Jews and makes the Samaritan the hero. Isn't it a trip that there's really nothing new under the sun that 2,000 years ago they were dealing with racism and we're still dealing with racism today? Jesus tells this story and he makes the Samaritan the hero. See, that's why you can't get caught up in what color somebody is. You can't get caught up in what, what, where somebody is, what denomination they're in, because you never know who has the ability to help you and change your life. This Samaritan is acknowledged by Jesus because when it came right down to it, he didn't act like the professional religious folks. He didn't theorize or rationalize or nationalize or politicize the situation. (laughs) I said a mouthful there. But he just reached out in love. He simply saw the human need, and he was teaching his disciples something Christ was. Now, I want you to look at this traveler going down this road from Jerusalem to Jericho. The Bible said, Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man Went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. First thing I want to talk to you about this morning are the thieves. The Bible said he fell among thieves. And I want you to know thieves are thieves. They didn't care about his color, they didn't care about his culture, they didn't care about his religion, they weren't even concerned about his gender. All they wanted to do was take what he had. Thieves in those days were just like thieves today. These thieves were equal opportunity assaulters. And in this story, to me, the thieves represent the devil. The Bible said these thieves stripped the man, wounded the man, and left the man for dead. And the Bible says that The enemy, the devil, comes but for to steal, kill, and to destroy. You see, I'm talking about the devil. I'm talking about Satan. I know it's politically incorrect, culturally unacceptable, and it's not a religious to-do now. It's almost taboo to talk about a real devil. But I'm trying to tell you today the devil is real. I have three people that believe it. I said the devil is real. It would be easy with a wave of the hand and a smirk to dismiss his existence, but to do so leaves too many questions unanswered. Just to do so would be to leave questions even in the last six months unanswered. You'd have to dismiss all the past and present victims, the, the endless horde of women and men and children who are hobbling, stumbling, crawling. You would have to dismiss the broken, the battered, the beaten, and the blemished. You would have to explain away the hurting and the hopeless and all the... The hell that's on planet earth you'd have to say it just exists without a source but I want you to know the devil is that source Satan is real the Bible says in first Peter 5 eight, be sober come on quit drinking I don't know who that was for somebody in your section come on be sober watch this be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion didn't say he was a roaring lion how many of you know the devil is only a cheap imitator of anything that's real as it relates to God he didn't say he was a roaring lion said he was like a roaring lion as a roaring lion can I tell you something baby there's only one lion that can roar in your life with any power and that's the lion of the tribe of Judah hallelujah The Bible says, watch this, he walks about. How many of y'all know the devil can't even afford a car? Hallelujah. He walks about, watch, seeking whom he may devour. In other words, he has to look for somebody to devour. If he has to look for someone to devour, that tells me that there's some he cannot devour. Truth is, if he could devour you, you would have been devoured a long time ago. If he could have destroyed you, you would have been destroyed a long time ago. If he could have took you out, he would have took you out a long time ago. If he could have caused you to backslide, you would have backslid a long time ago. But he looked at you and you were blood-bought. Hallelujah, you were truth-taught. And he couldn't take you out because of what you had in you. Make a little noise if you believe it. He said, your adversary. Somebody say adversary. Adversary from the Greek literally means this, your arch enemy. See, your arch enemy is not, in, it's not a political thing. Come on, somebody. It is not a racial thing. It is not another country. Your enemy is the devil. Now, it seems to me that these victims had been on route from Jerusalem to Jericho, and I've seen in the spirit, people just trying to live life. And they have been attacked by the devil. And the attack, even in this season, has been relentless. People who've been attacked by the enemy, the suicidal team, the person that is so eaten with, eat with depression, they don't even know what to do. The people that are consumed with fear, the people that are just literally overcome in this season during COVID-19, Where everything about you is afraid. The injustice, the immorality, the unrighteousness. And the devil works just like these thieves. The Bible said they beat him, they wounded him, and they left him for dead. And that's how the enemy works. He steals, kills, and destroys. The Bible said they stripped him. When you strip someone, you humiliate them. And the enemy wants the church humiliated. The enemy wants the church quiet in these moments. The enemy wants the church to back down. But there is a generation that's giving their fight back. That's saying, "Devil, you won't strip me. I am robed in the anointing of the Holy Ghost, and no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper." They stripped him. The Bible said they wounded him. To me, when you're wounded. It's the enemy's attempt to rob you of your hope and of your dreams and of your purpose. And they left him for dead. See, we're living in a time when hell, come on, hell wants to rob us of our hope. Hell wants you to live without hope. Your your phone is constantly going off with news updates. Come on, somebody. And you can't even bear hardly to look at it. Don finally said, I had to turn all my updates off because I can't look at it anymore. You can't even scroll on your social media because of all the mess that is going on and all the despair that is going on. But there is a bomb in Gilead. His name is Jesus Christ, and he will give you strength and power in this season. We have a generation who has fallen among the thieves. We're living in a nation that has fallen among the thieves, and life has got so intense. The Bible said they stripped him, watch, and they wounded him and left him half dead. But if he was only half dead, that means he was half alive. Oh, help me, Jesus. Some of you listening today, maybe in times past, you've had the enemy do a number on you but you still had life you still made it you're not saying you weren't wounded you're not saying you hadn't been in trouble you're not saying that you haven't struggled but the devil should have took you out when he had the chance because you still had life and I want to tell you maybe you feel like giving up maybe you feel like things aren't about to shift but there's something inside of you that's getting ready to rise up and you will make it give God a shout if you believe it So watch now, the thieves represent the devil. But then you have the priest and the Levite. The priest and the Levite to me represent religion. The priest is the senior pastor. The Levite is the associate pastor. The priest and the Levite came by this wounded traveler. They knew all the theology. They had memorized all 613 of the rules of Judaism. They knew all the do's and don'ts of religion, but they didn't have compassion to go with their knowledge. They didn't have a heart to go with their knowledge. This mangled man was repulsive to them. They didn't want to mess with this man because he was repulsive. And hear me today, to the empty religious and churchy folk without a relationship with Jesus, lost people, wounded people, poor people, struggling people, worn out of humanity becomes repulsive, and they'd just rather not get their hands dirty. But let me tell you, if you come to Calvary, you're going to know that we are going to be a church that's going to rescue the perishing. We are a church that's going to love people no matter what their condition. Mm. See, religion says I want to avoid you. That's why I would say to you today, I want more than religion. Muslims are religious. Buddhists are religious. Jehovah Witnesses are religious. Moonies are religious. Millions of church folk are religious. I want more than religion. I want a relationship. I said I want to know him. Paul, in Philippians, he kind of gives his resume, and you see that Paul started with religion, but he ended up being changed forever by a relationship. He starts giving his resume in Philippians 3, 4. He says, though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, he said, I'm more so he said I was circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel Of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning righteousness, which is the law, I was blameless. But what things were gained to me, these things I now counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count these things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as but rubbish one translation says dung that I may gain with Christ and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is not having my own righteousness which is from the law but that which is through faith in Christ Jesus the righteousness which is from God by faith that watch this that I that I that I may know him that I may know him not just have a religious understanding of him not just be educated not just be connected uh religiously i want to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death paul said i just i just want to know it see lots of people know about him but paul said i don't want to just know about him i want to know him Paul said, in the power of his resurrection. He said, I want to know him in power. I want to know him in the good times. I want to know him when everything is going the way I want it to go. But he said, I also want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. He said, being conformed into his image. Paul said, maybe I don't like going through tough times, but if there's something about this tough time that will change me and make me know him more, then bring it on because I want to know him. He said, I counted all dung, rubbish. See, religion will pass by the beaten every time. Religious will ignore the broken, but a glimpse of Jesus will stir you to pour in the oil and the wine. That's why we're not going to avoid the heart issues. That's why we're not going to avoid broken people. See, who's going to reach them? I say Calvary is. Who's gonna reach them, for sure our churches will. See, somebody's gotta come to their aid. I want more than religion because the world needs more than religion. These religious pros had the training. They had the title, watch this. They just didn't have the oil. They looked good, but they didn't have the oil. They had the stages, but they didn't have the oil. They had the lights, but they didn't have the oil. They had the social media following, but they didn't have the oil. They had the degrees, but they didn't have the oil. They had the money, but they didn't have the oil. Let me tell you, you can take all that, but give me the oil, because if I've got the oil, I've got everything I need. I don't care what your title is, if you're a preacher watching me, I don't care how many follow you on social media. I don't care how well connected or incredibly you communicate. I'm gonna say this in love, but a preacher without the oil is a worthless thing. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. I'm gonna say it again. A preacher without the oil is a worthless thing. God cannot use you and people do not need you. God can't use you without the oil. People don't need you without the oil. People, you can't change anybody's life without the oil. You can't change anybody. What is the oil? It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's why we're going to be a Holy Ghost church. That's why we're going to allow God to move. That's why we're going to allow God to show up because we can't help anybody till the Holy Ghost comes. Preachers without the oil, we don't need you now. America needs oil at preachers. Your kingdom value for impact is connected to the oil that you carry. I'm just talking to preachers for a minute. Y'all bear with me. I have so many that watch us. I said your kingdom value for impact is connected to the oil that you carry. How many of you can say, put me under a preacher that carries some oil? Put me in a church that has some oil. How many of you know America needs some oil? We need an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Religion without the oil of the Spirit is an empty thing. I know the sin life and life in general leaves many wounds. And the problem with just religion is the fact that religion can't heal the hurts of humanity. This is why, this is why we can't afford in these days, whether we're here or online, in these days of unrighteousness and injustice, In these days of pain and discord, we cannot afford to be a dry church because where there is no oil, there is no healing. No doubt it's the blood that saves us. No doubt it's the blood that redeems us. But make no mistake about it, it is the oil of the Holy Spirit that heals us. Come on, it's the oil of the Holy Spirit that changes people's lives. It's the healing oil of the Holy Ghost that heals people's wounds. And that's why, in the days to come, we are going to be an oily church. If we're going to be a healing church, we got to be an oily church. Church, what we are about, what are we about if we're not about having the oil of the Spirit in our services that can heal the wounds of the world? The only reason many of you made it through is because the Holy Spirit has touched you. The Holy Spirit has helped you. There were times when you wanted to quit, but his fresh oil sustained you. Make a little noise if you're thankful for the Holy Spirit. That's why when you leave here, you got to take the oil with you. The oil's got to be poured over that wounded worker, over that lost child. This place must be filled with oil and set on fire. See, this priest and this Levite, they were professionally religious. They had all the degrees but none of the oil. They had all of the knowledge but none of the oil. And they are ignored by the religious. And we are living in a time where we cannot ignore hurting people. So the one that changed everything What's the Good Samaritan? Well, if the thieves represent the devil and the priest and the Levite represent religion, the Good Samaritan represents Jesus. I need somebody to take a brave break right now and thank God for Jesus. Come on, I know maybe you've had some tough days, but thank God for Jesus right now. Jesus is the ultimate Good Samaritan. Who else could heal the broken heart? Who else, but God's only begotten son could restore love on the rocks? See, the truth is you can sit out there and be religious if you want to, but you'd still be in a mess. You watch it on live stream, you'd still be jacked up, beat up from the feet up, messed up from the chest up, toe up from the flow up. Come on, somebody. But didn't he reach down in your trouble and didn't he raise you up? Every other would-be benefactor stands along the roadway for a moment and walks by hurting helpless humanity. Every other benefactor would would, would ignore you when you struggle, but not Jesus. Jesus sees someone struggling and says, take up your bed and walk. He binds up the wounds of hurting people. and Look here, look what he did. The good Samaritan bound up his wounds and brought him to the end. The Bible says this, watch, that he got down off of his donkey. Now, I don't know what that says to you, but that thrills my soul. This good Samaritan got down off of his donkey, right down into the man's pain. He got right down into the man's struggle. He got right down to where this man was. The good Samaritan got down into his problems. He knew he couldn't help him until he touched him and he couldn't touch him until he got down from his high place. I don't know about you but I'm thankful for a Jesus that came down to me when I couldn't get up to him. Some of y'all are saying, oh, don't preach that. Don't preach that. We lock him up high. We lock him high and lift it up. Don't bring him down into the manger. Don't bring him down into our struggle. Don't bring him down into our mess. Don't bring him down into our pain. Leave him up there. I like him up there. That's the Jesus I want. Maybe that's the Jesus you want, but that's not the Jesus you need. Preacher, you got preach a preacher Jesus that will get down in their mess. Get down in their addiction. Get down in their homosexuality. Get down in their brokenness. Oh, no, leave him up there, Pastor. No, no, no. I need him to come down here because only when he comes down can he bring me up. Hallelujah. Only when he gets in can he bring me out. Make a little noise if you're glad for a Jesus that will come down where you are a church that tries to remain above the hurting and the struggling and the wounded can heal no one these are not the days then for us to perch on our high horses and act like we're better than anybody these are not the days for just attractional church I'm telling you I declare that that wave is cresting because just simply attractional church cannot heal anybody. We, we can have all the good music and all the good facilities and all the good cool things, but being attractional is not enough. We have got to have an experience with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We gotta open up the doors and say, Holy Ghost, have your way and magnify Jesus. So if the thief is the devil in this story. If the priest and the Levite are just religion, and if the good Samaritan is Jesus, there's one more thing I wanna talk to you about, the end. The good Samaritan brought this crumpled, dying heap of flesh to the end, and the end represents the church Come on now. The Samaritan brought to the inn, strapped on his own beast's back, a barely alive, broken, bleeding body of a man. The innkeeper could see the blood trickling down from the victim's body, splattering on the ground. He could hear the faint moans drifting from the man's smashed mouth, pieces of bone and tooth protruding from the man's severed lips, It must have been a terrible thing to see. He could hear the man in his pain and in his anguish. And the Samaritan stares right into the innkeeper's eyes. And he looks at him and said, here's some money. Get this fellow whatever he needs. I'm going to supply for him. Give him whatever he needs, and I know maybe he doesn't fit in. I know maybe he doesn't seem like he's good enough to come to this inn. I I know you may feel like he's not like you. I know you may feel like he's not good enough, but here's my instructions to you. Spare no expense. Do whatever it takes. I've started the healing, but you're gonna have to finish it. Spend whatever you gotta spend, but just don't let him die. Spend whatever you gotta spend, but don't let him perish. I brought him this far, you gotta bring him the rest of the way. Don't let him die. And I wanna tell you, I'm looking at the world today. I'm looking at America today. It's messed up, y'all. It's wounded, it's divided, it's hurting. We've got cities that are in turmoil and the church itself is greatly divided. But I'm telling you, I see Jesus coming to our churches. I see him beating on the door and saying, listen, do whatever it takes. I see him holding a broken world in his hands and saying, do whatever it takes. Don't let him die. Spend whatever it takes. I have brought him this far. But You've got to bring them the best of the way. (laughs) Spend whatever it costs you. Do whatever it takes. Ormond Beach, New Smyrna Beach, Panama City, Orlando, Palm Coast. Jesus beats on the door and said, They're wounded. They're hurting. They're dying. I've poured in the oil and the wine but now do whatever it takes. Don't let them die. Spend whatever you gotta spend. And Jesus, in this story, the, 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 the good Samaritan looks at the innkeeper and says, spend whatever you gotta spend. Don't let them die. Do whatever it takes. And when I come back, you spend whatever you gotta spend. But when I come back, I'll pay you back he said you do whatever you got to do but when I come back I'll pay you back tell your neighbor this is payback Listen, I want to tell you, church is not a museum for the saints, it's not a country club for good people, it's not a selfish place of amusement filled with people who would never go near the lost in far too many churches, the lost and hurting are playing no part in church activity, it would be like hanging a sign on a hospital and saying no sick allowed, the end is the church, the good Samaritan is Jesus, and Jesus said, if you'll spend whatever I tell you to, do whatever it when I come back I'm gonna pay you back somebody that believes payback is revival payback is healing give God a shout right now I believe there's gonna come a day when we get through all this that these altars are gonna be packed with people finding Jesus that this building is gonna be overcome with folks again come on somebody that we're going to see more people saved in in the coming years than we've ever seen before and you know what i'm going to tell the devil every time we see another one born again every day that we live past COVID 19 and injustice and unrighteousness and division i'm going to say devil huh, this is payback come on somebody come on every time we gather this is payback. Uh, God, I, I wrote this, but I, I would—I didn't share it in early service, but I'm going to share it with you. Tell your neighbor this is payback. I want to tell you the highwayman of hell is soon to be arrested by the Sheriff of Sharon. I said by the Sheriff of Sharon by the Marshal of Magnificent, the Policeman of Peace, the Trooper of Truth, the Deputy of Deity. Can I get a witness in this house? This Jesus of Justice is going to tell the devil, I have a warrant for your arrest. This Sergeant of Salvation, this Agent uh, agent of the Ages, this Lawman of Love, he said it's signed in my own blood, your days of lying in wait are over. This Lieutenant of Long Suffering, this Devil is going to get paid back by the captain of compassion. If you believe it, give the Lord a shout. Jesus said, Jesus said, I'm coming quickly. And my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Can you imagine? That Samaritan looked into that innkeeper's eyes and said, He's broken. He's beaten. But I picked him up. I poured him in the oil. I poured in the oil. I poured in the wine. I even switched places with him. I put him on my beast, and I walked. I don't know about you, but I'm glad for a Jesus that switched places with me. He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. I want you to know. That in the natural, man, I, 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 I go home after church because I'm used to, you know, crowds have always been big at Calvary. So, I mean, for years. And I, I go home because so many people are watching online and I look in the mirror and I tell myself, it's going better than you think it is. The devil's not going to win. God is still moving. And I remind myself of that prophetic word. And I say, Jim, really, your revenge is going to be revival. Everybody's standing. This is payback. I, you know what? I need somebody right now. If the devil has just been aggravating, he's been aggravating me. Why don't you pay if the devil hates anything he hates praise he especially hates praise in times when he's attacking at another level because that kind of praise makes him scratch his head and say what in the world how could they praise people are worshiping at home there's a pandemic the numbers are spiking they say how, how could listen i dare you right now just take about 10 15 20 30 seconds and pay the devil back with a little bit of praise right now. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on and lift your voice and say, God, I praise you. In spite of what I see, I praise you. In spite of what I feel, I praise you. In spite of what it looks like, I praise you. Use me, Lord, use my church. Our revenge will be revival. Come on, Panama City. Praise Him in that house right now. Let the Lord know that He can bring the hurting. He can bring the wounded. He can bring the struggling. He can bring up. We'll do whatever it takes. No request is too much. Nothing is too extravagant. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today, live or online, and you'd say, Pastor, there's things in my life that ought not be there. And when you pray, pray for me. I'm not where I need to be with God. Since you're praying, Pastor, don't forget me. If you're not where you need to be with the Lord, there are some things in your life that have kept you from him. And you'd say, Pastor, I want to leave here knowing that things are right between me and God. You by live stream as well if you're not where you need to be when i count to three raise your hands are you ready pray for me one i'm not where i need to be pastor two if you're going to pray pray for me three slip that hand up hands in every section oh wow all across this room all across this room people by live stream you slip your hand up right where you are i want everybody to take your hand and place it on your heart right now pray this prayer after me pray heavenly father Come on, everybody, pray. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, please forgive me for all my sins. Take my heart, wash it clean in your precious blood. I need you now. Pour the oil, pour the wine into my life. Make me brand new. I declare a new beginning over my life. Now, everybody, slip up your hands and say, Jesus, use me now. Use me now. Use me any way you see fit. I surrender myself to you. Use me to help. Use me to love. Use me to heal in Jesus' name. Somebody give the Lord a praise right now. Nobody leave for just a moment. I wanna tell you by live stream, if you prayed that prayer, so many in this room prayed it. I know many by live stream prayed it. I want you just to put in the comment section I want you to put salvation or saved and let us know you prayed that prayer. Just a couple of weeks ago, we had 38 people who came to the Lord online in a service. Can you give God praise for that? Thank you again for listening to this message. We pray that it inspired you in every single way. For more information about Calvary Christian Center or to give, you can go to calvaryfl.com and be sure to subscribe and like this podcast. And we will see you next week here on the Calvary FL Podcast.